Hello, great to see you again. Great to have you with us for the second installment of Modern Wealth Management by Monon Wealth. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff. We thank you for being with us. If you caught us in our last Facebook Live or any of the streaming platforms that we're on, you know that our first episode, we covered the very broad topic of stress testing, what that process looks like, how it can be applied to not only your family or your business's finances, but it's also a, a practice that the super affluent are really using on a regular basis. Ultimately, stress testing used to evaluate your dollars and cents to make sure that they're allocated into the proper channels, but also to make sure that your goals, your aspirations, the things that you want to accomplish within your life is taken into account. Ultimately, the stress setting process is to make sure that if stress befalls upon your wealth portfolio, it will bend, not ultimately break. Luckily, we've got Derek Hutchins, Ray Kramer over at Monon Wealth Management to shed light on these topics for us today. And we've got a good topic for you today. Uh, you know, it's a different one. It's one that we are all certainly familiar with, uh, but... It's the intangibles that we don't necessarily think about with this topic today. Uh, but luckily, again, we've got Derek and Ray to help us with that. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and bring Derek and Ray on. Derek, good to see you. Ray, hey, good morning. How are we doing today? Awesome. Thanks for having us. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, guys. Yeah, it's good to be back for the second installment here. Uh, you know, we've got a good topic for us today. The topic of the day, preparing heirs for their inheritance. So obviously, anybody watching, listening right now, they're familiar with the term inheritance. You know, you're a beneficiary that inherits some sort of level of wealth. Usually it's, you know, it could be liquid cash. It could be the form of assets. You know, you are a beneficiary of someone's passing or some sort of circumstance that has taken place. So that being said... You know, uh, the really the big conversation that we're having today surrounds this question, and that's, are your heirs ready to deal with the wealth that you may be planning to pass on to them one day? So guys, let's get right into it here. First question, obviously inheritances, they can be a big deal, especially for the beneficiary. I mean, their life can change like that overnight. So that being said, inheritances though can be a little bit of a double-edged sword. Derek, I'll, I'll throw this one to you. Why is that the case? Why are these a double-edged sword? Well, I, yeah, I, I like that double-edged sword. I mean, you know, inheriting money comes with uh, plenty of benefits, Ryan, of course, from being less worried or, you know, no longer worried at all about paying for some of life's necessities to enjoying some of the things that we think about when we think about affluence, you know, whether it's uh, top tier educations for the kids, uh, more travel, luxury goods, all that stuff is um, is nice, and it's it's nice it's nice to think about. Um, so, but inheritors inheritors often find we also find that. Uh, so there's some there's some stumbling blocks along the way as well, and um, you know just because you you get an inheritance, even a huge one, that doesn't automatically mean that somebody has a worry-free life of ease. And the reality is is that inheriting wealth can can create some unique challenges and conflicts, both internal and external. Uh, a windfall can be the root of significant problems for your hair, your heirs, and and therefore for you. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Ray, anything to chime in there? You know, I've often thought sometimes, especially if the estate is rather large, you can almost equate it to like winning the lottery. 
uh, to some of these people, they inherit money and they, they don't have money themselves. Um, and then all of a sudden it's, it's, it's thrust upon them. And you think about lottery winners and the challenges they have and, and everybody's hands are reaching and, and, uh, you know, contacting them. Not that it's exactly the same, but it, it kind of feels like that to me sometimes. Uh, and we'll discuss further, uh, here down the line of, you know, educating people, uh, to what's coming. Right. So Derek made a really interesting point here. He mentioned that there are internal and external conflicts. So I'd love to unpack a little bit of what that means and what they look like for somebody in this position. Because, yeah, initially you think, wow, you're the inheritor of, let's say, a, a massive estate. Oh, my gosh, like I'm set. This is great. But there are these conflicts that they struggle with externally, you know, as Ray may have just alluded to, as well as internally. Derek, could you shed some light on those for us? Yeah, I mean, you know, Oh, you know, one of the things that you said there, Ryan, is inheriting this massive estate. And, you know, we're all different, right? So sure. me inheriting uh, a massive estate might be a different number than you, right? Depends upon our backgrounds, where we're coming from, and what kind of social circle we run in. Um, you know, inheriting a sizable fortune, it can be confusing, to some inheritors and and very often significant wealth goes hand in hand well in today's world with status and power mm -hmm. and that sometimes leads heirs to abusing their positions you know for example we all know somebody who inherited their wealth that because of that it's brought out some of their worst behavior you know narcissism uh, maybe they've become a bully, uh, you know, maybe they've become cruel or even just boorish um, because of of that event. And and often inheritors who who get some money, sometimes they 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 feel like they don't deserve the money. And, and some of them end up even feeling guilty about it. Uh, maybe they ask themselves, you know, well, why, why me? And feel that the the family may, money might even become an anchor that's holding them down. Now, um, you know, those those individuals are harder to identify out in today's culture than the first class that I that, that I mentioned. So, but there can be a lot of uh, a lot of emotional and psychological hurdles that that make an inheritance anything but easy or fun. Sure. Well, I think Derek mentioned a key word just right there at the end, psychological. And Derek and I have joked over the years that, yeah, we get paid to manage money. Uh, but a lot of times, whether it's inheritances or transitioning somebody to retirement, there are a lot of psychological issues that come with money. So we've always taken our view as to be the listeners uh, to people's needs and situations. And through our experience and dealing with these in the past, let people with you know, know what's coming along the way and how to cope with that. Sure. You know, guys at the top, uh, you know, I mentioned it's today's conversation is really about the intangibles. It's about these things that we're not really thinking about when it comes to an inheritance. So given all these intangibles, these different things, internal conflicts, external conflicts, all these things that, you know, a beneficiary needs to deal with, where do you start? How do you start with addressing and ultimately helping the heirs? Where, where does that process begin? Well, you know, Ryan, we're pretty fortunate in the fact that between Ray and I, we've been doing this kind of work now for, for more than 40 years. 
Um, just last year, I sat in on um, almost 50 estate planning meetings. Man. And, um, and, you know, so through the work, both with people creating their estate plans and those individuals who are the beneficiaries of those estate plans, we've got a lot of experience to draw upon. We also take a look at some of the best um, strategies and techniques of what we like to call the super rich, those individuals with uh, half a billion dollars or, or more. Mm -hmm. And we take a look at, you know, we take a look at some of the things that they that they do because they really have access to the latest, greatest tools and tricks and resources that exist in today's marketplace. When you have half a billion dollars, um, guess what? You get some pretty talented individuals on your <laughs> team to, to bring those to the table. So we take a look at at what have they done? And you know, Ryan, it's not always like a um, a situation of of replicating what they've done. As a matter of fact, we all know of stories of super rich individuals who are you know examples of what not to do. Right. right? We all have that as well. So you know, when when Ray and I come to the table with with our clients and we're working through this. We're drawing on the experiences, both good and bad, of other people in similar situations as them. You know, if there was one thing that I took away from our first conversation, guys, around the stress testing process, it's that that whole process is a very customizable, you know, you know, really well tailored plan to you. Because yes, there is no one size fits all to some of these conversations that deal with money. You know, this really is, uh, you know, it's got to be custom tailored to, you know, especially with this conversation towards their experiences, their values of money. Ray, you have anything to add on this front? Yeah, I think that that's an important uh, part to really drive in on the customizable nature of this. <clears throat> no matter what we do, whether it's picking a portfolio, whether it is devising a retirement stream of income, everybody's different. And it gets back to kind of that old saying, how much money do I need to retire? Well, for some people, it could be a million. For some people, it's 10 million. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the inheritance. Everybody's family dynamic is different. Um, and it really boils down to us listening to each client and drawing from our experience in the past to come up with, with, with what's right for them. Sure. And as Derek mentioned, even more importantly, finding an attorney to match up with them and bringing them to the office. Right, right, exactly. Because that's, that's an equally important factor to consider. Uh, so guys, let, let me ask you this, you know, Derek, Derek was referencing, you know, the super rich that, that half a billion dollars in net worth or more, they've got the, the wealth of expertise around them in terms of, you know, all the, all the guys with all the knowledge, you know, they're able to build the dream team, if you will. So that being said, what are some examples really uh, of like, you know, some of the successful things that these families are doing or maybe not doing, you know, when it comes to passing on their wealth to their inheritances, you have any stories to share or anything like that? Well, I, I think that you need to frame this conversation in, in two different parts, mm -hmm. Ryan. And the first part is, is that you got to get the technical aspects of the transaction correct. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is, is that 
<clears throat> most people would prefer getting their wealth to their beneficiaries with the least amount of, of that money going towards the way of taxes. Mm. And we, um, and there are some ways that you can, that you can structure things and, uh, and, and, and time things so that from a technical standpoint, one, you want to get it right. And two, you absolutely can get it right if you're working with the right professionals. So the first, you know, as we frame this out, the first thing is the financial, the technical aspect of, of the transfer. But the second part, which I really think um, is just as important, if not more, is thinking through the end results of this wealth transfer process. Mm -hmm. Thinking through how are the inheritors actually going to get the money? How are they going to spend the money? How are we going to make sure that this money is a asset and a benefit to their life and not a detractor? Um, you know, from my own experience, when my parents passed away, they left their wealth equally split between my sister and myself. They gave it to us in far different manners because my sister and I are significantly different people. And so we, you know, we thought through that process and, and how do we get, uh, how do we get some of that money to really benefit my sister without, without messing things up too much? Mm-hmm. No, I understand. And that's a huge part of this conversation, Derek, is what happens beyond the inheritance itself. So that being said, guys, where do you begin to, you know, if you want to foster, you know, financial intelligence, you know, with the heirs who are one day going to inherit a level of wealth. And in some instances, like we mentioned at the top of this, you know, it's a massive level of wealth. It's businesses, you know, th these very thriving enterprises in some instances. So where do you begin to foster that level of, in you know, financial intelligence? I think you got to start with the present, you know, uh, take a good look at, at what's going on with those beneficiaries today and how, how are they responding to money today? Are they, um, are they prudent about it? Are they respectful of it? Do they seem as though, uh, they could let this get out of hand? Do they have some drug and alcohol issues that um, that that you know that you may want to that you may want to try and protect them from? Right. You know, today's world, Ryan, it's not really one that lends itself to hiding the amount of money that we have from our children. Okay, mm -hmm. that's not. I mean, it, it's it's pretty tough in today's world. Uh, for beneficiaries to be surprised when their parents passed away. Oh, I didn't know that they had $10 million. That, that's the kind of stuff that used to happen a lot more frequently. Today, people are a little bit more open about their money. And typically, those, um, those children or the beneficiaries have been benefiting from that money over a, lot, a, a big chunk of their life. So, 
you can you can just take a look and and say, hey, based upon what I know about my kids or my beneficiaries today, do I think that they can handle it? And and what do I what am I worried about when we do estate planning with our clients? What are you worried about? Is our probably our most powerful question mm-hmm. because it brings out a whole host of of yeah. things. Um, not very many people know their their kids better than better than mom, and so it's uh, that that's always a great place to start. <clears throat> and Ray, anything? You know, as Derek touched on these last few points, I <clears throat> I always like to tell stories, and part of the reason I like it is because some of these stories over the last twenty years really help shape what we do. And uh, a little over a decade ago, I was working with a mother and a daughter, and the mother was quite wealthy and the daughter knew it, okay? She knew she was gonna come into money. And as we talked about, you know, having these conversations with the beneficiaries and educating them, that was the piece that was really missing. And the mother, you know, the the daughter was very excited to be inheriting a lot of money, started remodeling the kitchen, putting in a swim pool, because of course she, she she was owed a swimming pool and didn't understand the uh, dynamics of the trust, which, you know, the mother knew her daughter very well and set up parameters that she could only get so much money at a time. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening is uh, the inheritor uh, started spending way more money than she had access to, uh, was petitioning the trustee, which was the bank. Uh, and it really ended up being a big mess. And as I look back, uh, you know, as I was a younger advisor, it's like, you know, I should have been more forceful with the mother to say, hey, you really need to educate her on what's going to happen. But it was one of those weird in-between positions I was in because I was operating on the wishes of the mom and also seeing what the daughter, her ambitions were. Uh, so that was a lesson learned back then that, you know, our job as the advisor is to say, we've been through this. This is what you need to do. And from that point forward, I, I've not taken the back seat uh, to be passive in the situation, but rather to go on the offense with uh, a client and their heirs, say, let's get on the same page. And so we all know what's going on when, when mom or dad passes. Totally. So let me ask you guys this. You know, so it sounds like once you get a good idea of you know, the inheritor's current views on wealth and their current relationship and abilities of utilizing that wealth, does that then inform you of how, of your steps to how you're going to educate your heirs about this inheritance? Is that, you know, basically a, a key factor into how you're going to approach that conversation? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, chances are you're going to find that there's a range among heirs in terms of their ability to both uh, intelligently and, and prudently handle significant wealth. And so that means that different heirs will probably need different approaches to their wealth education in order for them to handle their inheritances. And so it can be uh, detrimental just to hand over control of assets without taking these factors into account. I'm sure it won't surprise you to hear that there's many different ideas about how to to teach heirs to manage money and a lot of professionals Uh, focus on educating their heirs about wealth management, teaching them the fundamentals such as difference between stocks and bonds and methodologies such as asset allocation. And 
the lessons also tend to deal with different people's estate planning strategies and really the technical aspects of how these trusts work. But, you know, we see a problem with this and it's that this approach generally appeals to those inheritors who want to handle the mechanics of wealth management. But we find most inheritors aren't, aren't that interested in these type of details. Right, right. I mean, that makes sense. In some instances, sure, they just want to inherit. They don't want the responsibilities or troubles that come with it in some instances. So that being said, guys, is there an approach to educating heirs that might just be more appealing overall or will resonate better with an heir, uh, you know, when approaching this conversation? Well, an approach that we find to be much more effective across all types of inheritors is to focus on how to be responsible with their wealth. Mm -hmm. This means giving them a good understanding of the bigger picture instead of getting down into the into the weeds by knowing what they want to achieve financially and being attuned to what's going on with their money, then they can make then they can make more informed decisions. You know, even if the assets are in trusts, heirs are best served if they understand how the trusts are going to be set up and what they're designed to accomplish. Ray brought up a great example of, um, of a lady who didn't understand what, how her trust was set up and how it was designed to help her, okay? Mm -hmm. So she didn't understand what was supposed to be happening. You know, a second key aspect of teaching heirs to be responsible for their wealth is giving them the ability to effectively select and work with professionals. And when I'm talking about professionals, I'm talking about lawyers, accountants, and, and wealth managers like Ray and myself. And part of that means empowering heirs to know how to avoid what we call pretenders. And those are professionals who they mean well, but they lack the uh, requisite skills to really get the job done. Mm -hmm. And of course, then pretenders, which can be really detrimental to heirs' financial well-being. Uh, these are people who um, know you have money and are set to make it uh, to make it theirs. Sure, Ray. Anything uh, to chime in on this front? Yeah, I think uh, Derek, you know, mentioned, you know, talking about what professionals to connect these beneficiaries with. Again, if somebody's just coming into money for the first time or a substantial amount, they may not have an, an attorney of their own. They may not have an accountant of their own. And just like, you know, with the lottery winners or anyone else who comes into a windfall, that brings out the worst in some professionals. Mm -hmm. They view them as easy prey. Uh, happens a lot of time with widows um, as well. So, you know, it gets back to what we talked about in our first episode with us being kind of the family office and doing the stress testing. You know, Derek and I, with our experience in town and in Indianapolis area, we know tons of lawyers. We know tons of accountants that we've personally vetted along with our clients. And by the time we bring them into the office with, you know, a potential beneficiary, you know, we already know who they are. We know how they operate and we trust them. So keeping the pretenders and the predators out of the way uh, is, is a very big part of this. 
Yeah, I was just going to say that's not something to be taken lightly. I mean, you mentioned it. It's like winning the lottery. People are going to come out of the woodwork uh, and start start asking for hands out handouts. And, and it helps to have a team alongside you to say yes and no at certain times. Uh, but that being said, guys, is there anything else from the education standpoint, maybe that the family matriarchs or patriarchs should be thinking about when it comes to preparing their heirs? Anything else, you know, in that education realm? I'm real big about having a values conversation mm. and really talking through this. You know, um, we talked about the internal and the external conflicts. Okay. A lot of this can be resolved if values are maintained. And values are, you know, what's most important to you. You know, and uh, how can we help other people? How can you maintain your self-identity even after inheriting this type of money? Right. Um, your self-esteem. You know, you know, we nobody wants, nobody sets out to be a lesser version of themselves. Sure. Nobody, no, nobody has that goal. Mm-hmm. With that being said, most of the time we only, you know, you only get a big inheritance once. <laughs> right. So it's easy to be ill prepared for it. So by in thinking through this and saying, hey, what are the values that we are going to hold tight to uh, after this inheritance? And what does that mean moving forward? I think that that can really resolve and avoid a lot of a lot of conflicts down the road yeah well one of the things i think about with values too is you know let's say there's two kids and even though they're raised in the same house with the same set of values from their parents it doesn't mean they're going to have those same set of values when they inherit the money so i have a lot of conversations with people discussing their kids and the kids relationship between each other uh, when putting these plans together, because as we all know, you know, just because you're raised in the same household doesn't mean you're going to react the same when you inherit money. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so really, again, it gets back to listening and really digging in and asking the uncomfortable questions uh, that maybe a husband and a wife are afraid to ask each other or to bring up. And so uh, the values piece of this is, is vitally important and oftentimes can be one of the messiest parts if you get kids, you know, bickering and fighting over this inheritance. Right. So to me, it sounds like start this conversation early, just get out ahead of it, you know, educate the ears, have open dialogues with this, and it'll only make this whole process easier when the time does inevitably come. So guys, also one other thing, let's be clear. You don't necessarily need to be in inheriting an enormous sum of money or an enormous estate, you know, for these types of educational efforts to be important and ultimately helpful for the children or grandchildren, so on and so forth. Correct. You know, you don't have to be just in inheriting a, an enormous level of wealth. This can be even for a small level of wealth that the family matriarch or patriarch should be taking these steps to educate their heirs. Correct. 100%. percent mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you inherit a hundred million dollars, you can make a few missteps mm -hmm. and, uh, you still got several million left. Okay. As the numbers start going down and you, um, and you get more realistic about it. And a lot of our, you know, it, it, you know, inheriting a million or 2 million in today's world 
it's quite it's quite common for the clients that we that we work with. And you know, the thing that I the thing that I would say bothers me the most is if I see somebody that inherits that money and immediately decides to change their life, their lifestyle. You know, hey, I just inherited one and a half million dollars, so I'm retiring tomorrow. I don't like that. I um, I like a, some some breathing time in there, some time to think through what life can look like, and you know, and just and just kind of reestablishing themselves after they they get this money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the, you know, it, it's interesting because we get a lot of our education, especially from a technical aspect, on what the super rich do, but. When we're serving clients, you know, and we're talking about clients in, you know, inheriting less than super rich levels, I think that all this stuff even becomes more important, Brian. We mentioned at the beginning, this is a life changing moment that happens overnight for people. You know, when you decided to go where you wanted to go to college, where you wanted to work, you know, where to apply to as a job that took thought, that took consideration, that took a lot of due diligence and planning to make something like that happen in your life. You know, that's not just a a moment in your life with an influx of of millions that you want to just, you know, quickly jump to a decision. Ray, do you have anything to add on this front? Yeah, I think just in addition to educating the heirs, one of the pieces maybe we've sidestepped a little bit is the options that the parents have when giving the money to the kids. It's more and more common now that you know people have helped their kids, uh, you know, with college maybe buy a house, and mm-hmm. the attitude is more of well, if there's anything left over, you know, fine. But the reality is, is there's almost always quite a bit left over. So some of the conversations we have is okay, let's go beyond the kids. Let's look at gifting strategies to the grandkids, you know, with gifting, you know, with each person, you can gift, you know, quite a bit of money to several grandchildren between a husband and a wife or set up an educational trust with some strings attached to it that says, okay, if, if they complete, you know, this level of study, they get, you know, this much money. So there's education on both sides of this to really tailor it to exactly what uh, the client wants to happen when they're no longer with us. Mm. Makes sense. And to guys, to kind of start bringing our conversation to a, you know, a head here, who then should families be looking to for help when it comes to this with educating their heirs, preparing them for the wealth that may one day be theirs and, and taking the most effective and efficient step forward in this process? Who do they turn to? Well, I think that, you know, first and probably the best resource is, is your current wealth manager especially if your children already know him or her and, and see that see that they're a trusted advisor for, to the family. From there, it depends on the specific issues that a family wants to address. For example, maybe the wealth manager enlists an expert in, I don't know, financial psychology. Mm-hmm. They would help a family deal with the issues around wealth and the meaning and, and the affluent of, and the self-worth. Or perhaps, you know, if they're more um, uh, charitable, then a philanthropy-focused philanthropy professional might be brought into the discussion uh, to discuss some concepts around um, continuing on with the charitable nature of the family. 
the really good news is that there are so many resources out there who can who can help people think through this and um, and, and and get them on the right track. People just need to ask for help. Yeah, it's all. It's only going to start with there. Um, so, hey, I, I'm seeing we've got a handful of uh, you know live viewers with us on Facebook right now. If you guys watching have any questions that you'd want us to answer, feel free to chime in in the comments. I do have one final question though for uh, Derek and Ray before we end today's episode. But again, for those live viewers, if you guys have any questions regarding this topic, feel free to put them in the comments. You know, we can try and get to them before we wrap up with today's episode. But guys, for my final question to you guys, you know, we talked in our first episode about the stress testing process and how, and we're going to continue to kind of have this conversation throughout future episodes to come, just given how valuable of a process that truly is. When you guys are sitting down, going through your discovery process, learning about the client, talking about their numbers, their goals, you know, everything that entails in that conversation, is there, is this conversation popping up in that stress testing process talking about, Hey, do you have any kids? You know, what's your retirement strategy look like? You know, Hey, when that ends, what's the, what's the inheritance look like? Is this conversation happening during that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we do a stress test, Ryan, uh, we're really looking to handle the five main issues of uh, of, of affluent individuals. And of course, uh, that's investment consulting, mitigating taxes, the one that we're talking about today, transferring uh, money to our heirs, mm -hmm. uh, protecting our assets from litigation and divorce, and then the last one, which is charitable giving. So uh, those are the five things that we are always focused in on. And when we're in a stress test or we're in a client meeting, those are the five things that we're doing checkups on. Gotcha. Ray, anything, right. anything else? Well, we discussed in our last episode, the first time we meet with somebody, we clearly label that discussion as a discovery meeting mm. because it truly is about discovering who they are and what their needs are. And, you know, we're not showing, you know, sales slicks and asking for signatures right off the bat. You know, it, it's this, you know, just like you meet anyone else in life. It's a chance for us to get to know them and figure out, okay, is this a match? Can we help these people with the five areas Derek just mentioned and pinpointing what those issues are? So it's the discovery meeting, meeting number one, where we start digging into these, these areas. Yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, you got to start somewhere. First meeting sounds like a pretty good place. So, hey guys, look, I want to thank you guys for coming aboard today. This is a great discussion. I think overall we covered a lot when it came to, you know, the realm of inheriting wealth and and all the challenges, both internal and external that come to fruition. Uh, any final thoughts, you know, for those uh, tuning in with us now and who will also tune in, you know, after the fact. My, my only final thought is, is that I would just encourage everybody to think through this part of the plan. Um, too often I find people who should have already done this, um, who have, you know, who have chosen not to. Mm -hmm. And it's just so darn important. You know, we work really, really hard to build up this wealth that has an opportunity to to help beyond just ourselves. And, um, and so, you know, I would just encourage everybody think through this, 
you know, if, if it's not with your wealth manager, then, then call us and, and we can walk you through the thought process as to, um, as to, to how to get this done. Roger that. Well, hey, guys, thanks again for a great episode. And we want to thank you, our listeners, our viewers, for tuning in today. Uh, you know, we certainly appreciate your comments, your feedback. Feel free to like, comment, uh, subscribe, share with some of your friends or family. Uh, these are great conversations that we're having. They apply to everyone, not just the super affluent. A lot of great, valuable lessons that can be learned from our conversations. And we're excited to bring more conversations like this to you in the future. So for Derek Hutchins and for Ray Kramer, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long. We thank you so much for joining us on this installment. We'll see you on the next episode of Modern Wealth Management.